0: And, miss.
1: and Tom Browning has a perfect game. Welcome back. Mine was better.
2: God, it feels good to be recording together again. Mine was better. Don't hit the together again song. We're
1: together. Oh. No, don't do that.
2: So that was your swing and a miss. All right. I hate Ed, that. man.
1: How you been? I'm great. How are you? Your kids good? Oh, yeah. They're not sick. I love that.
0: It's a I hate you. You're the worst. Because okay. we're, we're together th- again. We're together again. We really are together
2: again. We're in
1: my basement. We are. We're together again. It's true. True. Bubbly. we're in the basement again you win how's it the best that's the best we've ever started a show I, I don't believe that okay maybe it is tina's gonna laugh at that one dude let's in her just, office let's just talk about the rats it's all right because i'm saved
2: by the it's all right because i'm saved by the it's all right cause... All right, so tonight we have a returning guest. This is our first returning guest, I think, Ed, right? Uh, yes. Outside of Mel. I oh, guess yeah, Mel. has been on Mel's a couple times. Kind of but we do have Clay Snowden coming back from Locked on Reds, where you can check out all of his work. Um, you can also check him out on Twitter, at Clay underscore Reds. Clay, how you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing great, and I'm very excited to be back. I had a great time the first time, so you know I look forward to coming on as much as you would like to have me on.
2: Excellent. We appreciate it. Before we kind of, I mean, we have opening day here in two days from the time that we're recording. Um, I think we're under 48 hours. We're well under 48 hours at this point. Um, right. So I know you're excited, and we'll kind of get to some of that excitement. But some big things have been happening here lately in Reds country. And before we get to your thoughts on the state of the 25 25 man roster. What are your thoughts about the Reds just a few days ago before everything that went down that we'll get to yesterday um, with the Reds moving Nick Senzel down to AAA?
0: Um, so I don't like it, but I understand it. And it's one of those deals that, you know, if I play you know, devil's advocate and go on the other side of what I usually think, I can make an argument for both cases. And it's that's the hard part about it. Is cause I, I want to be selfish and say, hey, I want to see the best team that I can see opening day. And that team to me includes Nick Sinzel. Um, now, it kind of solved itself out with it, him getting injured as well. But that was, you know, he was sent down. Then Scooter got injured and people were, well, Sinzel going to come back. But, um, you know, I would love to see Sinzel because I think he's the best center fielder option to start and field the best team, and in sports you want to have the best team. So I was kind of upset, but I understand it. Um, the long-term implications of if it's going to make him you know, kind of mad, like Chris Bryant, like we talked about last time, I'm not sure, so we'll just have to see where that all plays out. But Scott Schebler was batting three sixty one in the spring. He's going to be the opening day center fielder. Um, Sinzo was batting .308, not like Sinzo was struggling, but Um, You know, Scheffler really showed that he looked great in spring and takes spring stats for what it's worth, but I I, I think it's okay. I don't think it's as big of a deal as most people are making out to be.
2: Well, obviously, you kind of touched on it there. Nick Sunzel got injured yesterday, and, you know, even before that happened, Scooter got injured just a few days ago as well after, after Nick was sent down to AAA. Um, you know, would you have changed anything after we found out that Scooter was injured? I mean, obviously we know that Nick is a second baseman, and right. you could easily slide him right back in to second base, where yeah. the plan was initially, anyway.
0: Right. See, I don't think that the Scooter injury would have changed, I think, because the decision to send Senzel down had nothing to do with him playing poorly. Batting through playing a pretty decent center... Um, I mean, you just saw the raw ability he had. He's, he's ready to play MLB baseball. So, an incident being sent down before Scooter's injury told me this was a service time move. And, you know, the Reds are not in panic mode. They made some really good moves signing Iglesias. And each person, like, they're okay. They're going to slide Peraza over to second and play Iglesias. And people forget, you know, Iglesias has been a starter in the MLB every year for the past, like, nine years. Like, he plays an amazing short. He's betting 333 this spring. We know he's mostly a glove guy, but, um, Scooter's injury actually makes this team better on defense, which is kind of a funny spin zone to put. You know, if you have to pick a positive of the Scooter injury, it's the team actually improves on defense and offense, it won't. Um, but well, like I said, Dietrich will get more um, playing time. And like I said last time, hes I think he's going to be a fan favorite. And I know one of you all said he's going to be your wife's favorite as well. So I guess he'll play more and show up to watch more of that as well. As he tweeted out the picture of him without a shirt on today. That I'm picture? sure that helped your case. That was a great picture. I, uh,
1: Aaron sent it to me. I had never that seen that
0: me. picture before when I saw that. I was like, wow, he's, that is something
1: else. He's a chiseled man. Aaron sent it to me, so I tweeted yeah. it.
0: Um, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, I know we're all flustered. Yeah, we're all flustered that, over that, him. That, oh, that Derek Dietrich picture. Good lord! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like you said, I mean, yeah, we get better in the inner infield. Um, I don't know how I feel about Peraza moving over to second versus being at shortstop. Um, you know, obviously, it's a situation where, I, if I'm not mistaken, he presented to Coach Bell that hey, I can move. It's not a problem, and I'm here for the team. Um,
0: Perez kind of- played a lot of second. Um, he's played a lot more than Iglesias has, and Iglesias, I think, what it really is, Iglesias is a next level defensive shortstop. Um, I think Peraza is a, a really good shortstop defensively. I think he's a, a a fine. He's a better short. He's a better second baseman defensively than Scooter. So I mean, really, if you think about it, like, it may not be ideal to have him at second base, but it's an upgrade defensively from Scooter. So, I mean, you still keep his bat and you get an upgraded second and shortstop defensively. I don't see it as a big deal.
2: Now, are there any other differences that if you were coach, you you get to put on the the manager's hat for a moment, or the GM's, or whichever hat it is that you want to say is the one making the decisions. Are there any Mm -hmm. changes you would have made to the final 25-man roster outside of I think you would have. You, I mean, you've already said you know earlier in the podcast tonight uh, that you would have had Senzel in that final twenty-five.
0: Right, and obviously the injury now makes this question a lot easier for me to have a bailout and just say no. Right. Um, this morning, Matt Matt Whistler was put the waivers to pretty much say Robert Bob Stevenson will make the twenty-five man roster. Um, he hasn't been great. In the past, I think his leash is extremely short. Um, he pitched pretty well this spring. He's a guy that you would have lost for sure if he went through waivers. Somebody would have taken a chance on a guy who's been a top overall prospect. Um, Matt Whistler, you have a lot better chance of keeping pushing him through waivers. For those of you who don't know who he is, he was acquired as part of the Adam Duval trade last trade deadline. So. You have a better chance of keeping Lissler. I think that's pretty much it came down to. Um, who can we potentially keep if we pass through waivers? I'm not going to lose sleep over losing either one of those guys. Um, so I don't really think the, you know, I'm not going to stress that big of a deal with any of the moves on the final day of, you know, trying to get the roster together.
2: You wouldn't have fought for a Sal Romano or uh, Philip Irvin or anything like that?
0: The deal with those guys is Phil Urban to me, he, he projects as a fourth outfielder. He'll, I don't think he's a starter. Um, so to me, it's more important for him to be getting everyday at-bats in Louisville than it is for him, assuming Matt Kemp's on the roster and Shetler's on the roster, being you know fighting for a pinch hit here and there. Um, I'm a big believer, if he has options, let him get consistent at-bats and playing time, keep him fresh, Because the second a plea goes down with injury or a kemp or a winkler, you know, like you're going to need Phil Bourbon to come up and be ready. And it's kind of like what we saw with Dilson Herrera last year. They brought him up, and he wasn't getting hardly any at bats. I mean, he was struggling. And when he got at bats, it's the pressure of when's my next at bat? I need to do something big here. And it's just not consistent enough. And you saw what happened to him, it just didn't quite work out. So. I'm a big fan of you know these people with options. If they can play every day in Louisville, it's better than having them struggle for at-bats.
2: Or pitches, for that matter. Yeah.
0: Yes, right, right.
2: So you're full of a lot of this positivity, and I think we can all hear it because there's nothing to be down about at this point, but inevitably you've got to have some concerns for this team coming out of Arizona. So what Absolutely. are some of those concerns that you
0: might have? Um, Definitely the Scooter and Sinzel injuries, especially Sinzel. I mean, that guy is just, I feel so bad for him. He's been fighting injury after injury. Um, So that's something we need to monitor as well. Some people were calling saying, you know, we need to do one of these kind of a very new wave moves like the White Sox did with their top prospect, signing him to like a six-year deal early before he even makes his MLB debut type deal. Um, Some people were saying do that with Sinzel. I don't think you do that yet just because the amount of injuries. You know, you you really don't want a Homer Bailey. Not that he would make that much money as Homer did or that type of You know what I mean? Somebody's injured after injury. and um, So I'm definitely concerned with that. Um. I know I mentioned this briefly last time, but the, the potential Puig headache. I love Puig. I really do. I think he <laughs> has the potential to be the favorite player on the team and also one of the least favorite. Um. If you watched the game last night, last on Monday night against the Braves, the seven oh five game or whatever it was, he had a play where he didn't slide into third when he should have, and he got out. It's just a weird, just his head wasn't in the game play. He had a weird, we've seen several times in the spring fielding play where he doesn't move, and then he makes a very difficult catch from just standing in the position. Like just plays that could lead to absolute headaches and people turning on him. I mean, if you've ever read the Reds' Facebook comments, and there's actually a Twitter account that tweets out the funny Facebook comments from the Reds. Yeah,
2: that Twitter account is
0: great. Um, Puig, yeah, Puig is a guy who could make or break his rep with the Reds by these mental mistakes that he has seemed to make or, you know, very closely make. So that's definitely something I want to monitor throughout the year. Um, The last concern I have is really the starting pitching. I know we revamped it, yep. and on paper it looks so much better. Um, and there's a lot of optimism, a lot of Sonny Gray was this away from Yankee Stadium. A lot of Alice Wood has been this. Um, I'm big on Tanner Roark being just a solid guy, but we saw him get rocked um, in his last spring training outing. Um, Luis Castillo's inconsist- inconsistency, you know, just... I was trying to stay healthy. There's just a lot to be concerned about with the starting pitching. It seems all the stars have to align for that. Um, There's not really a definite ace. Um, So it's really something that's kind of shaky to me. It's easy to get excited about a lot of these players, but it's also easy to just kind of look at the other side and be like, you know, it's not exactly a pitching ballpark. We'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out.
1: I mean,
2: I kind of feel like the name Sonny Gray kind of ties it all in. Like, that's pretty much we're all kind of approaching this entire season with cautious optimism. Um, and I don't know that there's a better metaphor for that than Sonny gray.
0: Every time I talk to other baseball people about Sonny gray, um, you know, Reds fans come at Sonny gray with a, you know, here's what he has done in the past. Like he's meeting back up with his old pitching coach and all these things are true and they're facts. And they can work well. But if you watch Sonny Gray pitch sometimes last year, there's a lot of concern. And I'm I think Sonny Gray is going to be a good pitcher this year. I don't think he's going to be an ace. I think he's definitely somebody who you know, the Reds signing him to that deal and all shows that they really have faith in him and I think reuniting him with his old pitching coach from college and Kirk Casali, who was a catcher for him at college, and Caleb Coffham, who's the assistant pitching coach who went to Vanderbilt, getting all these bandy guys in. Um, it's gonna be it's definitely gonna help him. So we'll see if he can return to form that he showed with the A's when he was dominant. So um, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how the starting pitching all shakes out.
2: I just love that he said with the Yankees it was all the effing sliders.
0: Yeah, I love that. He said, <laughs> he said something along the line. I'm not gonna direct because I don't know, but it's like It's just a stupid spinning pitch or something. Or yeah, um, yeah, I love that. So,
2: how are you feeling about Luis Castillo getting the ball for the first pitch of this new 2019 season?
0: Um, I think that this is a move that, when I see it, I look deeper in it. A lot of people are, hey, Luis Castillo is getting the start. They want not Sonny Gray you now. What I see is this. Um, this keeps... Every, every kind of move that's been questioned by Reds fans and some reporters, I just keep thinking of this is because we are so used to seeing what the Reds' previous managers have done. And we're not really giving David Bell enough credit. I mentioned it last time on the podcast. He's done weird things. Kyle Farmer playing shortstop, yep. playing first, second, third catcher. catcher Joe right. Connor Joe, who we recently lost, but... You know, he's done some things Lorenzen in the outfield that we just are not used to as people who watch the Reds. Um, so to me it's, it's one of those deals he's saying, Hey, Castillo, like we know the stuff that you have. The issue has been consistency. Here's a move that if I'm Castillo, I have all the confidence in the world going into the season. I'm the opening day starter for the Cincinnati Reds at my age, like younger guy, like, you know, I they are saying, Hey, Here you go. Here's the ball. Here's a bold move by the manager. I'm going to start the young guy instead of the veteran. Go show us what you got. Prove that you can be an ace. And I think it's a great move. It's just, like I said, just keep speaking to David Bell and how he is as a manager. He's wants. got to make bold moves. And sometimes they're going to backfire on him. But I think a lot of times it's going to be kind of a, you know, it's going to be a new vibe with the team. It's going to show a, wow. That's not something that we would have done. You know, we're doing a hit-and-run right now. Why would we have done that we're dealing third? Wow, you know, like, I think he's going to make some moves that are going to be bold and different, and I think the Reds need that as a team.
2: Now, am I wrong to draw any parallels to Luis Castillo getting his first opening day start to Johnny Cueto getting his first opening day start?
0: I, I... I would like that comparison. And I'd love if Luis Castillo has a similar career as Johnny Cueto. I think we'd all be okay with that.
2: I just mean that in the sense when he got his first opening day start, he was kind of unproven, kind of shaky. Um, He hadn't really had that proven track record that he eventually ended up getting. But it just feels, obviously, you have the Dominican, and um, I don't recall where uh, Luis Castillo is from off the top of my head. But, I mean, you have the... uh, just some of those ties. Uh, but Exactly.
0: That, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, sometimes you have to take a risk with a young pitcher. A lot of pitching is mental. A lot of it is. And that's why you see a lot of these veterans stick around so long. They may not have the best stuff, but they're mentally strong, and they know how to get players out. You see a lot of young pitchers be so, so good and so, so bad and back and forth. It's a lot of mental. You have to have a short-term memory. So I think, you know, Building confidence of a young pitcher early by giving him the opening day start—it's a lot of pressure, sure, but that's how you're going to build a strong pitching staff. Is making sure that when you go out there, you're confident in your—you know—the the, all the pitchers are confident. So I, I like it personally. It's risky. It's bold. I like it. It's something new. Bring some spark to the team.
2: So, getting back to your optimism what are you most looking forward to about opening day outside of trying out some of those new foods like the, uh, the pretzel burger that we talked about last, what was it, last
0: weekend? Right. We're well, going touch on the, we'll touch on the foods right after this, but um, so, per, so I'm going to my first opening day this year. Congratulations. So I'm very excited about the experience. What I kind of want to, what I'm kind of like trying to feel out about the team I'll probably write an article about this post opening day. Um, I want to see, hopefully, they hit a home run on, on opening day. How the fans react? Just I just want to get the vibe and energy of the fans for this particular season. I just think that it's going to be one of those deals. There's so I did a poll of you know how many more games will you go to this year than you have on average the past three years. And people were in the five to ten range. Which, if you think about it, a lot of people financially—that's a lot of money, right? Um, To go to five to ten more games potentially, even if it's just a Tuesday game—that's you know twelve bucks or whatever. Um, So you know, people are excited, and I just want to see the fans' vibe and energy towards this team. Um, It's just the excitement is higher than it has been in the past. I, I I think it's a little bullish, a little high. Right now, I think it would definitely come down a little bit. You know, not much, but a little bit. Um, but opening day, I'm looking for the first home run, and I'm going to go ahead and predict the first home run being Scott Shebler in a second at bat because not enough people are talking about the amazing spring that Scott Schebler has had, and not enough people are accepting of him as being the opening day center fielder. Even though I did not want it, I'm totally okay with it. And I think Scott is gonna have a good year.
1: My mother in law's like best friends with Scott Shebler randomly.
0: <laughs> that is randomly. super random.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So but yeah, that that's my that's my prediction in the second at bat as well. Not just any home run from Scott Shebler, second at bat home run.
2: So what's your outfield projection for the uh, the starting
0: so, actually, I wanted to talk about the outfield. Um, let me find out. Well, so first, let's talk about the food, because we mentioned the okay. food. Okay, yep.
1: It's okay, my favorite topic.
0: So you're not going to like my food opinion at Uh-oh. all. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, so, like, I like trying new stuff here and there, sure. Um. But when it comes, I, it's usually like if I go to like a Louisville Bats game or like, you know, some minor league game, they always have weird food stuff to try. I do like do that there, but like if I'm going to the Reds game, I'm more of just like the boring hot dog, beer, peanuts, La Rosa slice maybe, Skyline, sure. Um, But I actually stay away from the soft pretzel. And the one thing that I never want to see somebody order is, at a baseball game is chicken tenders. What? I don't know why. I don't like the chicken tender move at a baseball game. That's just not a good look. You chicken, chicken tender basket with french fries?
2: Dip it in your Coke?
0: You, what? You can get a chicken tender <laughs> at any restaurant off the kid's menu. Get something more... You know, get get nachos or something. I don't know. I just... If I see someone eating chicken tenders at a baseball game, I'm just completely out on that. you got to get that fry box.
1: You get the nachos and that giant uh, batting helmet. The fry box, man. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, you know, growing up, it was always, hey, you, and you still can, obviously, the helmet with the ice cream. With ice cream. Now it's like, get this life-size helmet, eat a ton of nachos, and then have this disgusting helmet you have to carry around and take home with you. <laughs>
1: no, you, you wash it out. And you know you have to. You're you going to wash it out in the in the family bathroom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the sinks are bigger in there. Right.
0: I'm right. excited so about I'll, this. I'll, uh, I'll circle back to the outfield. Okay. Um, Which will kind of fall under the... kind of the, It's probably the thing I'm looking most forward to the first few weeks of the season is the outfield. That was going to be my answer. Um, The reason why is because there's so much unknown and so much just like debacle in the outfield right now that it's like under the surface. It's kind of like... The iceberg with the Titanic. You know, it looks like there's not a whole lot going there, but when you really deep, deep, you know, dig deep, you're like, what is this outfield? Um, there's so many answers. Like, will Puig be hitting bombs but making stupid mental mistakes? Yep. Which means, like, do we like Puig? Do we not like Puig? Do we want to sign him to a 3 or five-year contract? Do we want to let him walk? Do we trade him at the deadline? Like, Puig will be a huge topic. Um, is Winker getting on base and hopefully playing a decent enough defensive left field like he played center field today in their spring game what is that about I don't know like that's interesting um I think Winker will be just perfectly fine if not great on offense getting on base like he should um the defense hopefully he can he, he's decent enough there Sh- Shevler like are people going to appreciate Shevler or are people going to be like we need Senzel I I've been Senzel guys you know but like Shabler hit 30 home runs in 2017. What if he returns to that? He's been a two seventy five hitter in the minors, only a two forty eight in the majors. But, I mean, we all know, most Reds fans now, what Shabler can bring. You see a guy that gets traded. You see a guy who's a lefty off the bench. Um, The biggest question, you know, Matt Kemp. What Matt Kemp is such this anonymous I I have no idea what to do with him biggest wild card I didn't expect him to be here yeah he batted 290 last year as an all star now people are like including myself where does he fit it does not make sense he seems like the type of guy that should be playing DH in Cleveland or something I don't know why that just seems the vibe of him makes sense Um, where's he going to get at bats against lefties when you sit Winker I guess Um, and then you have Irvin and Sinzel just knocking on the door so there's a ton, a ton, a ton to be excited about in terms of offense in the outfield and a lot of concern in terms of defense in the outfield.
2: Don't forget Taylor Turner is really, not far behind.
0: Yeah, Taylor Turner will be a guy I would not see this year in the outfield, right. but he is for sure knocking on the door for next year. So then, you know, does Puig play his way into a long-term deal? Does, you know, if you want to talk 2020, what do you have for Puig? Yeah. And Winker, Winker wears Taylor Trammell, you know? So, like, there's just so many questions and so many weird things. And it's going to be so chaotic. Yep. The trade deadline is going to be wild.
2: Well, and we have kind of a new rule this year with the trade deadline. It's a hard trade deadline at July 31st. Right, there's you no those trades. No, no waivers. Johnny
0: Gomes trades or anything like that. Right.
1: Oh, I miss Johnny Gomes.
0: <laughs> I, I was a huge Johnny Gomes guy. I still am. I, I couldn't care less who he played for after he got traded. I was following him everywhere.
2: I just loved him wearing his uh, bathrobe around the stadium after they won. <laughs> yeah. I almost won a Johnny if Gomes autograph. If I autograph.
0: described how many things I loved about Johnny Gomes, it would ruin the rest of this podcast. It <laughs> would be like two hours long.
1: I almost want a Johnny Gomes autograph picture for like $5, but it was going to cost me like $27 to get shipped to my house, so I didn't buy it. But. That would've been sweet.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly worth it, but I wouldn't be upset if I had
1: it. No, I wouldn't be mad
2: either. So, getting away from Johnny Gomes, uh, <laughs> so are there any other new rule changes we should be on the look for outside of just the um, hard trade deadline?
0: Um, so, one thing that they've been trying, and maybe some players saw, or some excuse me, some fans saw, the mm-hmm. runners on second in the extra innings. Hmm.
2: Um, yeah, no, I was watching that game, so- and I was super confused because all of a sudden in, they were going uh, tie game. Uh, I forget who they were playing the white Sox, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. but it was tie game going into the ninth. And I guess both managers agreed that they were going to start basically a ghost runner starting at second base. Um, what can you tell us about that rule?
0: Yeah. So with spring training rules, rules what a lot of people don't realize is the managers can kind of just like agree to like do di- different things. Oh, you want to DH this game? Yes or no? Like there's no like super hard rules. Um, The runner at second base, um, I'm I'm just going to read this for people to know. I found this on ESPN because I had no idea exactly how it worked. The runner on second base will be the batter in the order prior to that innings leadoff hitter, and players removed from the game will be ineligible to return. A runner who starts an extra inning at second shall be counted as reaching on an error for purposes of determining earned runs, but no errors shall be charged. So I just that was from ESPN. Um, They did this in the minors last year. And when I would go to the games, I loved it. I know a lot of purists are going to be like, that's stupid. Right. My whole thing is, if I am a father and son at a game, and we're in OT in basketball, I know, hey, five minutes OT, whatever it may be, I'll stick around. Yep. This could be exciting. Most likely, it'll be over then. In baseball a lot of times if you're in the 11th inning you're going to leave but if there's a runner on second every single inning and they're scoring almost every inning it's going to be yeah, I'm staying for the bottom of the 11th because there's a runner on second things will happen a lot right. and it was fun I go to a lot of bats games it was so much fun and sure you know it's, it's strange and it's not what has been going on for 150 years and, <laughs> but you know what this sport I know a lot of people will not like it, but I think it needs some more excitement in ways like this. This is not a way that ruins anything. We're not extending the mound. We're not doing... We're putting a guy in second base to put more, you know... Think about the decisions. Do I bunt here right off the bat? There's going to be play to the plate. There's going to be the type of highlights that you see on ESPN that make the game fun. Those would just be generated more, and it could potentially end games quicker. Both things I'm okay with.
2: Now, is this going to be in effect this season at the major league level?
0: No, I do not think so. Okay. Um, but, so these rules usually, what happens with, with rule changes is they get proposed, they start off in low A and whatever, they move up. And, and The thing is, I've never, like, I don't follow, I follow minor league baseball closely, but not, like, the ins and outs of it all. And there's never any complaints. The fans never have complaints about, the you know, the pitch clock was the thing. And then you know, no complaints there. The rule on second, like it seems fine. So I think the a lot nets. of stuff's going to happen. A lot of the change will happen probably next year.
1: The nets down the baseline—that was a huge thing that people were supposed to complain about—and I haven't heard a word about yeah, it. Yeah, no one, no one gives no a a damn. said anything. No one gives a damn. I can now all. check exactly. my phone and see what happened to Zell after he got carted off the field. And not game. have to worry about protecting Nailed your in your the child. head with a baseball <laughs> or a baseball in my giant hat of nachos. I don't
0: want that. <laughs> that <point. laughs> Yeah, yeah, the netting. I remember the netting down the first baseline, people being like, oh my gosh, it's going to ruin my view. I'm like, okay, so, you know, Bill Murray, who pays so much money to be right behind home plate, who looks through a freaking net, never had an issue with it. Like, you know, you right. get used to it within the first three pitches. Like, my whole thing that I always told people, you know, hey, scouts, they look through a net to yep. scout pitchers. So I think you can handle it.
2: True. Now, do you think that that rule, if, if it was initiated into MLB, do you think that would skew the statistics for RBIs and that kind of thing?
0: Sure, it will. Of course, it'll, it'll change RBIs. Um, you know, you're going to hit more players in and whatnot. But if you think yep. about I mean, how much is it going to change? Like, will Yossi El Puig have 87 RBIs, or if this rule is in you may have
2: eighty nine, right?
0: You know, ninety. How much is that's not going to change contracts really, but maybe you know there there could be some outliers. But no, I don't think it's. If anything, the people that shouldn't wonder are the pitchers. That's right. You know, with stats. Um,
2: well, that wouldn't count but, as an earned run. It would it would count as an unearned run, as it was to be scored as if um, somebody reached on an error.
0: Right. Right. I mean, yeah. Even then, like you know, um, yeah, that rule change I'm about um, the, uh, the other rule changes. I'll just go through really quickly. Um, the other one that I kind of wanted to touch on is the DH coming to the NL, which is something I definitely think will happen. And uh, third rule, cha- or the, yeah, the third rule change is the added 26 man roster, which I love as well.
2: The okay.
0: um, Reason why is mostly because there's going to be one person per team that gets to make major league money and be in the major leagues. I like that. Um, I think the 25 man roster is fine. It did not need to be changed, but having that one extra person of versatility is great. And it leaves kind of a weird position. Like what if a Michael Lorenzen is in double a this year and he knows that change is coming and he can focus on being a center fielder outfielder slash pitcher. Like, it's going to bring some weirdness to the game that I'm going to love. That's just like a completely personal thing. Um, I think
2: eventually you'd see every team looking for a Michael Lorenzen-type player who can go both ways.
0: Kyle Farmer and Connor Joe would have been pitching, probably. Who knows? Like, <laughs> In addition to their nine positions that they play. Um, Adam the Dunn may got a I couple years in. Yeah, yeah, I love the DH and the NL um, simply because I'm just tired of seeing um pitchers that 111 and an automatic out and like i know it's really cool when a guy like um d scafani it's a grand slam like he did last year like that's fun but the reason why it's fun is because it absolutely should never be a thing <laughs> and you're like oh wow that's cool um it will add you know while watch al baseball you'll see the situations you can play better you don't have to It'll change your entire batting lineup, and it also means that Joey Votto doesn't have to play first base until he's, you know, thirty-eight years old or something. Um, so it, there's a lot of positive. I don't well, really the, see as the purists could as some argue that one with. too. Uh,
1: th-
2: I mean, the purists could absolutely argue that one too. But you can easily compare NL stats to AL stats and see like. They're really not that far off. If you're a good pitcher, you're still a good pitcher. If you're a bad pitcher, you're still a bad pitcher. I mean, at the end of the day, you do your job. If you can't do your job, then you shouldn't be up here.
0: And the people that, you know, MLB is a business. This is, yeah, of course it's, you know, a sport. I mean, it's a business. The younger people do not want to watch much more than home runs. And, you know, they're really big on home runs. Like, imagine if you had to watch, you know, CeCe Sabathia, Go up there every day and hit... Well, actually, he's a pretty decent hitter. He hit a home run with the Brewers, I remember. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, you the rather see ball. a, a big-time DH come up and hit a home run and see these struggling pitchers come up and strike out. That's just in terms of fan enjoyment, which is the way they're going with all these other rule changes. Bring in the DH.
1: I'm okay with it. I'd be excited about well, it. Well,
2: I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with that rule taking the team from 25 to 26. If you're going yeah. to have that DH, let everybody have the DH roster spot. Let you let you go up to 26. That way you have that roster spot for your 13th pitcher and for or your pitcher slash utility guy, whatever you want to call him, and then you have so your DH on the other side.
0: Super interesting kind of avenue on that. Um, Vanderbilt baseball does this a lot. Now, college baseball has a lot more players than pro baseball on the team. So what they do with their DH spot to start the game in their starting lineup, they put the starting pitcher from the night before as their DH to start the game. The reason why they do that is because whenever his first time through the batting lineup comes out, let's say there's two outs and nobody on, you just plug in whoever you would have played at DH. Let's say there's bases loaded with no outs. You know, you play situations. So the guy who pitched last night is obviously not going to play today, Start him at DH. First time around the batting order, when he comes up, you make the substitution with whoever you're going to leave in the rest of the game. But it depends on that first situation, if that makes sense. Oh, that
1: makes sense, yeah. So you're kind of playing playing
0: what you might need. Yeah. Huh. But they have a lot more players. But with 26 players, like maybe that's something that you'd see happen occasionally. It just opens up a lot of different strategy.
1: I'd be okay. I really am okay with it. I mean... Growing up all the all the movies that we watched had DH's in them and so Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, kinda of rounding yep. up here. Um,
2: you know, the question that's pressing, we, we can't talk enough about Nick Senzel because he's already been a hot topic throughout all of spring. How soon do you think it is before we see Nick Senzel in Cincinnati, especially now given the injury? I believe it's a high ankle sprain. Um, we're looking right. at, you know, several weeks before coming back um how soon do you think he's going to be here in cincinnati especially you know they were waiting 16 days is the injury going to affect any of that eligibility time what are your thoughts on that
0: so i think it all has to do um you know if they're going to take the time with the injury once he comes back from injury he's going to rehab in louisville they'll have to do you know if they're going to keep him at center field which i think they will um they'll have to have in place and you know a pretty decent amount of center field in Louisville, um, but one thing that's kind of a, a take of mine is this is something that can buy them more time for a 40-man roster spot. Because if they want to bring him in, they have to clear a man on the 40, uh, clear a clear spot in the 40-man roster. That's probably going to be you know some like a Robert Stevenson getting designated for assignment because they're carrying an extra pitcher. Kind of, um, but maybe they let it play out more. Just Matt Kemp get traded does. You know, whatever they want to do with the outfield. Does someone get hurt? Um, I would imagine if he is healthy, he will be up probably end of April. If all goes well. No setbacks. You know, they find a spot for him. Um, if not, probably two weeks after that or so. So we that will see him my, in spring. My, my prediction.
2: We'll, we'll see him in spring at some point.
0: I would sure hope so. I would be pretty upset if we didn't. If if he's healthy, you know. I mean, I don't know if he gets another injury during rehab or whatever. But like, if he is healthy and able to play, and he is not up by at the latest, you know, first or second week of May, that's that's not a good sign. I don't think.
2: Don't make Clay mad,
0: Reds. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I mostly just like my whole thing is just you know with the manager and the GM, everyone saying. You know, we want to field the best team. We're making these aggressive moves, these weird, strange, non-traditional moves. We're going to put the best team out there. We saw what Nixon's o can do with the bat. He, is, he should be in the lineup. I bet you... Um, you don't want to, you know, hold him back. I mean, this is your player you drafted. This is your rebuild player. You know, number two overall pick. He's someone who deserves to be on MLB roster.
1: When he, when he actually comes up and he starts playing very well, he's going to be one of those players that management... Uh, ownership, I'm sorry, puts on that can't-never-cut because he's a fan-favorite list. I mean, they, they seem to do that with, like, Joey and Todd. Not Joey. Well, yeah, Joey. I meant to say Billy. Well, yeah, Billy, yeah. Todd, you know, yeah.
0: When you have a team like Cincinnati, you get homegrown talent, you have to keep them right. as long as you can. I understand moving Jay Bruce. That was a smart baseball move. He had kind of run his course and, like, his decline was kind of like... Like, you know, Joey Votto, you don't want Joey Votto playing in another uniform until he's on the very, very much decline of his career ever. and just wants to go for a title. Right. Well, Baseball's a lot different than basketball and football when it comes to contracts and all that, you know, keeping players. and um, So, yeah, they're, they're, there's definitely some strange angles to it.
2: I mean, I'd love to see them do something with Sunzel the same way they did with Suarez, where you sign him way too early, and you don't have to worry about him getting into being a perennial all-star before you have him locked up for enough years where getting to the end of this, you know, uh, where he's going through arbitration and all that every year, that's just a waste of everyone's time.
0: Well, I, I actually wrote an article about how Alfredo Simon was the most important player in the rebuild of the Reds because we got him off waivers for nothing and traded him for Suarez, and then we signed Suarez, and today there's an article um, on CBS Sports. I cannot remember the right or else I'd credit him, um, but I tweeted about it and give him credit there, and Suarez was the 25th overall player in baseball, according to him. Most, and he, As he put it, the most underrated player in baseball. And huh. it's Look at his numbers and look at how much he gets paid, and I broke it all down in an article you can find on my Twitter page, Ron Locked on Reds, Um It's pretty incredible. Look at how much Machado's getting paid, and look at how much Torres is getting paid, and just, you know, how much of a difference there is, and you'll be like, whoa, you know.
2: My guy Clay, one step ahead of CBS.
0: Bang! (laughs) Um, Yes, I'm all over it, man. I'm all over the place.
2: Well, are there any early moves you think we should anticipate this front office making, either to the lineup, the rotation, or the roster via call-ups or trades?
0: Yeah, I'll go through this really quickly. Um, Blandino, he'll be coming off of injury. A lot of people may ask he's going to Louisville. I guarantee it. Um, the Glacius and Dietrich move just mean he'll be in Louisville as options. Um, Kyle Farmer is a guy who made who made the roster just because of the injury to um, Scooter. He hit a home run today, actually, o- opposite field, to run home run. Um, he's probably going to be the first player option down in terms of position players. Um, it's very interesting. We should probably keep an eye on him. Um, rotation moves, who knows what will happen when Wood gets back. Probably M- Malley to Louisville seems to be the most likely case. And I want my guy, Jimmy Herger, to come back up, but he got absolutely <laughs> shelled today. He was awful today and gave up a walk-off grand slam. Um, but Just I would imagine system. he will be up in Cincinnati. Um, Wandy Peralta the left-handed who's making the roster Mm -hmm. uh he's just been so inconsistent the past couple years i would imagine him and robert stevenson don't have a very long leash so we could be seeing some younger you know if they see they're both on the 40 man obviously so they're both guys like could potentially be removed from the 40 man so someone like a matt bowman or a anthony bass could get added to a good springs and have some potential, and those are the type of guys that could be making the first couple moves. But I don't think there'll be a very long time before the first moves made. Couple, couple weeks, probably. So no, uh,
2: no Matt Kemp trade on that, huh?
0: Not in the first few weeks, simply because of the fact that Nixonville cannot fair come up. Then, all right. Yeah, well, while we I, got I was, you, I was hoping you'd ask for that. I definitely think Matt Kemp, at some point during this crazy weird year, will get traded.
2: I, on the flip side of that coin, am hopeful that Matt Kemp balls out in a Reds uniform, becomes an all-star again this year somehow, some and
0: I would be so happy, and if he does, I would love to come on and just shame myself for
2: this. <laughs> I just want to see that this trade goes down in history as one of the most outrageous F. Homer Bailey trades ever.
0: I oh my! If we got like okay, I I can't get started on (laughs) Homer (laughs) Bailey. This would go far too long.
2: All right. Well, anything else you want to say before we let you go here, Clay?
0: Um, Absolutely not. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to opening day, and um, thank you all so much for having me on. And if you know, I'll be happy to come on anytime and talk Reds.
2: Fair enough. Well, we thank you for your time, Clay. And until next time, sir.
1: I love having that guy on the show. He's awesome. We we, we get to a Louisville game this year and shoot him shoot him up. No, that's not what no, I meant. That's, that's not what I meant to say. Inappropriate. That's, I meant to say hit him up and see if he wants to go as well. I hit him up. Yeah, that's what Tupac. Wow. Okay, I've been You're listening welcome. to too much rap. Um you ready to just transition
2: on that note? Good lord. Yeah, let's go ahead and transition. Let's talk some UC basketball.
0: When you, when you win 25 more games than any league, any team in our league since the inception, we deal with this night in and night out, so it's nothing new for our guys, you gotta embrace it, when you're, when you're the team in the league that's in the finals three straight years
2: you gotta embrace it, you cannot react, whether he hit him or not I, I'm not clairvoyant, I can't see through people
1: that's, that's the only good I can find from last week
2: I can't see through people either.
1: I can't see through people either. I see dead people. I can see through a full court press. So not as bad as last year. No, this time we were up by we were up thirteen, at least thirteen in the first 13. half. We did blow a thirteen point lead. Yeah, um, we blew that real
2: quick. Another tournament berth, another disappointing blown lead. We were up as much as 13. We lost the game 79-72 to 10-seed Iowa. Before we dig in deeper on UC, your time spent at the game, in the tournament, uh, some of the other final thoughts that I have for the end of the season, I need to make some statements. And there's going to be some people who don't agree with these statements, but I need to get this off my chest.
1: I don't know what this statement is, so I'll get the, the beep button ready. So, here's my opinion. Take it as you will.
2: (laughs) Cincinnati just is ungrateful as a whole if you look at Twitter. There are so many people so mad right now about literally every coach we have. They want to fire Mick. They wanted to run Marvin out of town. Don't disagree. 16 seasons, that's a long time. But they're already ready with the pitchforks to run Zach Taylor and company out of town because of signing Bobby Hart. They are already ready to run David Bell out of town after sending Nick Senzel down. Here's the deal. We are a mid-market team, mid-major for college, Mid mid market for the Reds and the Bengals are the Bengals. That's not really a news flash, but for the love of Christ and all that is holy, just appreciate what you have. Everybody's ready to run Dalton out of town. Everybody's ready to run Mick out of town. Everybody's ready to run Zach Taylor out of town. Everybody's ready to run David Bell out of town. First off, two of those coaches haven't actually coached a real game. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't. They haven't coached a game yet. I don't think it's a secret to those who know me that I don't really love Lance McAllister. And that's fine. It is what it is. He does his job and you can respect that. I respect that. He does it every day. I don't know that I could put content together every single day. However, I'm going to read something that Lance said that really made me kind of step back and look full big picture. Lance McAllister said, I was curious of the makeup of the Sweet 16 over the last 8 seasons, including the last appearance by the Cincinnati men's basketball team, 2012. 128 spots available, 13 conferences represented, 53 schools made appearances. 6 conferences, ACC, Big 10, SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, Big East. 41 schools, 111 spots. Seven other conferences. The MAC, the WCC, the MVC, the MWC, the ASUN, the A10, and the American. 12 schools, 17 spots. Gonzaga has earned five of those 17 spots. So 11 schools have earned 12 spots among the other conferences in the last eight seasons. Guess who has eight of those spots? I want to say it's us. That's correct. Appreciate what you have. Mick Cronin is not going anywhere. He's not. Not. Uh, not unless he actually like. He's not getting fired, is what I mean by that. Right. He may take this Alabama job as That's he's a possibility. Rum- mm-hmm. He's rumored to be taking this Alabama
1: job, and if he does, you know what? To be quite honest, I wouldn't blame him. Cause the fans are assholes. This is the same situation he was in when he was interviewing at UNLV? Correct. Everybody was treating him like he was not a good coach, and I was nervous. I'm like, well, if he's reading anything that's on social media, which I hope he doesn't. If you just turn
2: doesn't. your tweet alerts off, don't don't actually read the retweets.
1: Mick doesn't read social media. I can't
2: imagine he does. I I wouldn't blame him for his not reading it.
1: Brother does, but we'll see what his know, brother does. Shout out does. to Dan. I love that guy. But if he's reading it. Which I hope he's not But if he's reading Anything about this Then if he starts Interviewing at some Of these big schools He, he I, This year This time He might actually do it I mean what He's Look how much he's brought He's brought the program Back from The Nancy Zimfer era Correct He has a brand new arena Correct He has wh- However You said eight 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 Well eight nine NCAA straight appearances. Nine straight He's put Three Four You consider four Right uh, SK Uh, JC, um, Evans, and uh, Calpain keeps getting time. So he's put four players into the NBA. Are you counting Jaron as one of those four? Who's JC? Uh, Oh, sorry, GC, Gary Clark. Um, So he's put four people into the NBA. He's leaving the – if he decided to leave, he would not be leaving the the team and the university in a bad spot at all so nobody could get mad at him like thanks for not rooting thanks for not recruiting like Chris Mack did for Xavier where you see in the American exactly we're not going
2: to get four stars we're definitely not
1: getting five stars I'm getting Samaje. <sighs> they're all just ringing the bell on Mick Cronin and it's just it's it's bothering me The at the end of the day Mick Cronin has done a damn good job at doing his job it, it so somebody else. I said this, or somebody said it for me because I read something on Facebook, and I was getting ready to say this, but somebody said it. Winning is not everything that a college coach is supposed to do. No, he graduates. He kids. graduates players. That's what the university. I see cares people about. talking about bringing Rick Pitino in here. You know what Rick Pitino did? He destroyed a program. He destroyed a program, and looks like the same thing is about to happen with Sean Miller in, in Arizona. You want that for your team? Sure, no. I don't. Because any time something like this comes up, we can sit back, look pretty here in Cincinnati. Because we we know know we're we're not involved. Yes. We're not involved. God. So, I don't know, man. I mean,
2: You were there at the game. Oh, You saw Kane Broom and Justin Jennifer. A, Justin Jennifer might have had his best game of the season.
1: It was a great game. He had a great game. But yeah, but you so, saw them. I'm in the top. Row. Who'd they go hug? They didn't hug their teammates. Nope, they went and hugged Mick, and they were bawling for Mick. And you know those kids were probably saying sorry to Mick. Yeah, because
2: they wanted to win exactly. for him.
1: And everybody talks about Mick sits there in press conferences and just com- uh, doesn't take responsibility and you know, blames everything says else. That. Well, yeah. So I, I get Mick. Mick's the type that's not going to let everything that's in the locker room come out into the media. Nor should he. No, he's he. You're right, he shouldn't. And so you know Mick is going in there, and he's probably telling those players, my bad. Listen, we have a fiery little Irish man (laughs) on the sideline. Mick O'Cronin. But we also don't
2: have a fiery little Irish man who's going to talk to his players the way Tom Izzo did.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's
2: true. He'll get angry, but he's not berating players the way that the women's basketball coach at NKU did to where
1: parents are... Wanting to pull their kids out of the program, we saw it earlier this year. He cares about. The, we we saw it when when Trayvon Scott could, or yeah Trayvon Scott, Trey Scott, he changed his name. Trey Scott could not make it to his graduation, and what's he do? He holds a mini graduation after practice. Yeah, has it videotaped by Dan yeah. Horde and everything, so he can still kind of celebrate on that day with the people who he wanted to be around. That's his family, right? That's his family. So. Don't tell me that Mick is going to. I don't know that you could do better body. than Mick Cronin. He's got ties to this city. Not in Cincinnati, he can't.
2: He's got ties to this city. He's got ties to this team that go all the way back to all you people who are screaming about Bob Huggins. Who do you think he learned
1: from? Bob Huggins. Exactly. And Rick Patino. And he's, he's, he's studied under some good coaches. All the people that you're clamoring for. Exactly. Chill out. Exactly.
2: Let the dust settle. I understand you're upset. I'm upset. You know what I did? I
1: disengaged and spent time with my wife. I shut my Twitter down. I, well, didn't, I didn't shut it down. I just put my phone...
2: I didn't even watch any more basketball. I haven't watched a single minute of basketball. I did watch since,
1: the UCF game. Which
2: is fine. I'm UCF. not mad at you for doing it. It's just that I didn't. I disengaged.
1: No, it's, I understand. It's
2: okay to not let everybody see you going through your raw emotions. I understand. I was upset. There's a <laughs>
1: I don't have it, son. I'm upset. I get it. 50,000. All I'm saying is
2: disrespect. I just wish that the people of this town would take a step back and realize that we're not. People keep throwing around this term blue bloods. We were never a blue blood. (laughs) We were blue collar. But we were never blue bloods. And if you want to go back to Huggins and the Jordan era and all of that. Listen, I know we had Mel on here and I'm never going to ask him this question ever. But you can't tell me we weren't throwing
1: some money around back in the 90s. <laughs> with Nike? Um, with Jordan? Jo- well, Nike, Jordan. Yeah. I mean, how I've heard some stories about you, Kenyon.
2: How are you getting Lance? How are you getting Kenyon? How are you getting Kenny Satterfield? How are you getting uh, DeMar I've, Johnson? I've heard some stories. I mean, I'm not going to ask any of those dudes that. And, I'm, of course, people got their theories and everything, but only a couple of people who could have even potentially been involved would know the answers to those questions. Right. I'm not going to disrespect any of those athletes or the program that I have my heart near and dear to with any of those questions. No. That's not my business. No. It is what it is, and it's over, and unless they're being investigated, I'm not going to be the one investigating them. Which they're not. However, appreciate what you got, because the 90s and the days of everyone having a cell phone are here now,
1: but the 90s are long past, man. Wish I had the song can't always get what you want queued up. It just I just wish people would Yeah. The, we overachieved. Oh At the end so of the nice day, stuff. this season, we overachieved. Exactly. Can we, can we please put that out there? It was supposed to be a rebuild. I said on this podcast, probably game number three, that we were going to be an NIT team. We didn't think we were going to win 20 games. They
2: played great. Justin, who writes for them, is sitting in on practice and press conferences and going to every single game, not just the home games like we are.
1: Yep. He didn't think they were going to make the tournament. Which is the reason why I didn't get so upset because... I, I'm going to be honest with you, two-hour drive up to Columbus, hey, I was preparing myself for a loss. I was upset because I had so much time and energy invested in this
2: team. Yeah, That was why I was upset. Going to every single home game, you know, I mean, I, obviously I haven't talked to any of these guys. I don't right, feel like, right. you know, these are my brethren where I'm, like, close and be
1: like, hey, man, I. I let I, I appreciate I, you. I let it. other people get me excited that we could go past. Yeah, sure, because uh, you had big heads talking – in the I'm higher totally ups, because yeah. they all want
2: to be the one who called it. Like, oh, I called UC going to the Final Four.
1: And then you got other podcasts out there. One shining podcast, I think, is it hmm. Xavier wanted to go ahead and tweet them, Xavier Barstool, and they're talking about how UC comes in every year saying they're mean, they're big and bad, and they're, now they're now they're talking about how we're not mean and big and bad. Get out of here! I mean, well, we weren't. We, we lost. Weren't. Yeah, exactly. But Jaron goes-
2: Jaron had no legs. He left his legs in the AAC tournament.
1: Well, that's that's probably true, 100%. But he, here's here's the other thing. Right, I think some of our fans need to calm down, too. Yeah. For this reason as well. I'm, in, I'm sitting up there. I'm By the way, I'm in the very last row. Row Q. Seat doesn't fit me very well, so I'm wedging myself into the seat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's five minutes left in the game. And on the other side of the pole, so about four seats over, there's a pole. And then on the other side of the pole is some gentleman. He's quiet the whole time. Five minutes left in the game when you know we're going to lose. Yep. No, it's probably even less than that. It was back when they kept doing the, the reviews. So it was like under a minute. And he now all of a sudden wants to start chirping about Iowa and how they're better and blah, blah, this, blah, that. Blah. And you know me. I'm a hothead. So I could have just turned around and just started barking back at that guy. Old but Ed? The f- huh? Yeah, Old Ed. Old Ed. But the first thing I thought of was, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. Nothing that I can say right now will shut this guy down because we just lost this game yeah. with a 13 point lead. So then some girl five rows in front of him turns around Bearcat fan and starts yelling at him just conference champions bah, 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 bah. so he starts yelling out how they're in you know, a big five conference and blah this and blah big that 10, blah, blah. and I'm like well he, he won there so let's not let's also not like go and brag about ourselves. We can brag about the team we can brag about the players because those players are damn good players. Those players are hella players. Trey Scott's hell of a player. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for his next step. Jennifer, uh, Broom, you know, they didn't come in and play the way we thought they would, but they came in and played the damn hearts out. Listen. Like, hella players. And my way too
2: early prediction? Don't Tra- say it. Trey Scott has a better senior than the Gary Clark.
1: No, that's not happening. Not, we'll not see. defensively. Offensively. offensively. I don't think he's going to be – he's already not afraid to shoot the ball. But Gary Clark was an offensive defensive. That's why he had a better season.
2: Listen, he's a great two-way player. I'm just saying, my way-too-early prediction is that Trey Scott has a better senior year
1: than Gary Clark. Stewie and I would disagree. That's fine. We had the conversation today. That's fine. Yeah.
2: So – just real quick, going over some stats. We had four players in double digits. We didn't do that very often during the season. Trey Scott had ten, seven boards. Nice year, Brooks, 11 points, five rebounds. He
1: fell out. That was the difference in the entire game. That was the nail in the coffin. Yes. To, to quote uh, 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 Dave Lapham, that was the nail, coffin, bang, bang, bang.
2: They knew it and they went at him and he started out hot again. And for the, I can't understand for the life of me. Why they stopped going to him when he's buckets. He literally was making it. it. Yeah. yeah. He was making everything in the first half. In the, the second half, he couldn't get the ball. But well, here's the thing. Well, because he gets tired, and then you got to put Ilial yeah. and you got to put uh, Mamadou in. I, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, get him the ball. He's scoring at will. Um, Jaron had 18. He was 7 to 17 from the field goal, um, 3 of 9 from three, 4 assists. is a horrible stat line, man. He's missing way too many shots. He's looking like Kobe out there with his stat lines. Kobe. It's not a good thing. Justin Jennifer finished with 19 points. Came broom. He was close to double digits. He had eight. Three for nine from the field. 0 for four from three. That's why he's crying. Trevor Moore, I don't understand why he saw anywhere near as many minutes as he had. He was 0 for three from the field. 0 for three from three. Four fouls. I just want him to make a shot. If he's not making shots in the game, what is he in the game for?
1: Why did he play so much?
2: I don't understand. When you have your, I still think that your best <laughs> defensive player is Logan.
1: Why oh, isn't yeah. he in the game? Yeah, yeah. Well, and as soon as Logan came in, shout out to Jason. As soon as Logan came in, he, he forced a turnover. Shocker. Yeah.
2: Um, as a team, we were six of twenty-seven from three. We were out rebounded. We we're out assisted, not by much, but we didn't win in both and you you gave up 54.7 percent from the field and 11 for 22 from three you're not going to win a game like that and they didn't hit hard from three in the first half they came alive in the second half um i don't know again you know in my eyes it was a team that outperformed all year we overachieved just unfortunately we kind of came back to reality in this game
1: yeah no you're absolutely correct it brought us back to uh where we thought we were at the beginning of the season and that's not a shot on the guys at all. I mean, no, no, it, it's just you came back to reality. You, I'm excited you overachieved. Next year. Absolutely, I'm excited to you see. Got how every he's reason to play be next excited,
2: year. but you also got to find another person to score outside Samari Curtis. He's going to be an improvement. I still don't know that he's going to see much more than about 15 to 20 a game. Um, Williams has got to be that guy. Literally, like Kane's going to be gone. Lo- or Jennifer's going to be gone. So you're going to see a lot more Logan Johnson. You still have one more scholarship if you're looking for a Juco player, maybe a guard. I know a lot of people are clamoring for guard. Me, I don't want another guard, personally. I'd like to see us find a better center. Not not better than Nysir, nice because Nysir's nice still the starter.
1: I think Mamadou might come into that role next year.
2: I just th- If that's the case, then I need Mamadou to put on some weight. He, okay. needs, he can't back anybody down, oh, right. he, and he doesn't back anybody down.
1: You're right. It, well, remember, he was um, not trying to make excuses for him, but remember he was stuck in his country for a while last year, so he may not be able to get into that gym um, with the strength And coach. I know he was yeah. a redshirt
2: freshman yeah. this year, um, and that's fine. That's all well and good. And he eats a lot of chicken. Hey, he just needs to put on some weight. Yeah. What, whatever – Work with your work with your trainers, work with your nutritionists. I know they got all of those on hand. I mean, just figure it out. But you got to be able to body somebody, and you got to be able to back him down in the paint because that's the difference between him having to shoot that, you know, eight foot J from the side, which is he loves that shot. Yep. Like where it's where you'd normally be in a corner three, but yep. his he's not stepping out to that three, no. so he's shooting that eight to ten foot corner back jumper. In the
1: day, I would have stepped out to that three back in the day. That's fine.
2: But he's buckets. shooting that eight to ten foot corner jumper, basically, instead of backing somebody down and taking the more high percentage shot, and they'll let him shoot that all day.
1: Yeah. So. So. Because you said something and it reminded me, um, I think before the game, so Thursday night, I think uh, I think his name is Kenan Singleton, um, one of the news reporters. Forget what station, Fox 19, maybe I don't remember. He had one of the best interviews and posted it on social media. Um, of the players the night before. And I'd like to play that audio for you because uh, it'll, it'll bring us back to a happy place, I think. So here it is. Do you guys, do y'all talk about his, his chicken, his chicken farm at all on the team? Do y'all give him any mess about he's that? A chicken farm? You don't know he's a chicken farm?
2: No, I didn't know that.
1: I, I didn't know that at all.
2: I didn't know that. Oh, that's a shocker. That's that's new to me. All the campies all, all the campies want to eat my food. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, you know I got a so lot of mama's, mama dude's kitchen. Yeah, a lot a lot of people from the uh, campies like they be let me come hanging out with me, so I'll be cooking for them for Oh
1: best cook on the team. Oh hold on. So they, they...
0: Dude could cook but he cooks some stuff that I, I I'm not really too sure about, so I just be like, yeah, dude, I like it like After me,
2: I will go Elio, Logan and uh Nas. I'm not in the top three. Oh, Disrespect, the next time I fix some food is uh, you can't get a plate. You can't get a plate. I got bacon, eggs, waffles, pancakes, fresh toast, anything. It
1: sounds like everybody on this team can cook. Who can't cook, I guess?
0: Oh. Um, okay. sh- If I'm going to have to go with my man right here, LaQuil. <laughs> Man, I've been trying to teach him, but he he cook all there. my meals right here. I'm going with him. He's the best <laughs> chef on the team. Every meal we make, that's what I eat for dinner every night. So, you feel me? I got to go with my guy.
1: He's actually uh, Keenan Singleton it's from Channel 9. Who was the deep voice at the beginning? Uh, Nas. What was that? Nas. Nice Brooks? And then and then Tr- Trayvon took the mic and started I, interviewing people. I thought that was Trey. So, here's Trayvon <laughs> interviewing people. How you doing? I'm Trayvon Scott, junior on the UC men's basketball team, and we are in Columbus, Ohio, at the NCAA Tournament. You know, interview process going on, as you can see around. Uh, I'm here with Keith Williams, sophomore guard. Yes, sir. So, Keith Williams, tell me, how do you prepare for a game like tomorrow? Practicing
0: hard, high hands on defense. The whole
1: time, Keith Williams just popping goldfish crackers.
0: High hands, you know, uh, you got to dig in the post a little bit. You got to play, too, you know, help the post. You can't You can't get too focused on the three-pointers. You can't get too locked in on, on closing in on the uh, defense. You know, you just got to play smart basketball. Follow me over here, man. Oh, my gosh.
1: So, uh, let's get out of basketball for a minute. Who's
0: the best dancer on the team? Me. Oh, OK. We got Rashawn Fredericks over here. Shout out to Island. Shout out to my family back home, my mother, my father.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to get that. Is that Prince? There you have it, with the, the Trey Scott show. See you guys tomorrow. Was that was that Prince? It was Sean Frederick. Oh, he's. I had no idea he had an accent like no, that. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed. I hope they get him in press conferences more next year. Um, I mean, so next year, you
2: got another year with Fredericks, and I feel like at the end stretch of the season. He started to get more comfortable with the ball in his hands. You know, he's supposed to be a guy who can score. You got Prince Gilliam coming up next year. Our big men are going to be solid if we can get another center or if Mamadou can put on some weight.
1: No, you're right. You're right. It's going to be good. I'm excited about next year.
2: The people who are already talking about if Mick's back, I'm not getting season tickets. Cool. Then I can move up closer. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get a back. I can't wait to have a back to my seat. (laughs) Um, does Jaron stay? I, uh, it,
1: he, had yeah, make, he, he had to make. He had to
2: make. He had to make a deep run in order to be yeah, a pick, right? Yeah. He's not even projected
1: yeah. to be drafted right now. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going anywhere. No, he has to stay. I, in my personal opinion, he has to stay. Now, if Mick leaves, well, um, who knows? But in my personal opinion, as good of a player as he is. I think he has to stay another year if he wants that draft. If Mick leaves, it's because we didn't deserve him. That's true. I mean, I deserve him. <laughs> I I really deserve Mick, if you, if you want to ask just me. Just be better fans. Yes. God. Be better, guys. Be better.
2: It's That's not everybody. It's just the vast majority of Twitter was real mean. And
1: the hashtag, Fire Mick. That was... That dude needs to chill. That, there's... There's a lot of people who need to chill, especially on the Facebook. I must create my own Bearcats Facebook page. I I stayed off I
2: I stayed off all that, but I stayed off until Saturday. Twitter was real bad. Twitter was. Let's talk soccer.
1: Okay. Come
0: back, come back. We got more running to do. Cincinnati is big enough for soccer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We are a new city. Do you believe in a new Cincinnati? Picking up for soccer! Yeah. yeah! Do you believe in guys? New bars! New new, bars, 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 new season brace! big
2: things! New
0: sports!
1: New Yo, Ed. Yeah? How's first place feel? First place feels really good, actually. It's a, it's a spot we're not used to being in here in Cincinnati. It's really cool to have a team <laughs> who's doing well
2: in a situation that they're not supposed to be doing this well. It's not going to
1: last for long. Listen, but let's, let's I need let's, you to settle down with re, that. Let's re, let's revel in it. Let's revel in I it. I believe in Coach Koch. I believe in Coach Koch too. But I'm going to also bring myself down to back to earth shh. where okay. We talked about it already. Everybody knows what I'm going to say. Everybody knows. I know my truth. So,
2: we won at Gillette Stadium. That's something that Cincinnati can't talk about too often. It's the best a man can get. Um in Gillette Stadium, is it? Because there's a giant petition for them to remove Gillette from their stadium. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. We won't talk about That's not that. Good. <laughs> um, be better, Robert yeah. Kraft. Be better. Um, so we did win at Gillette Stadium against the New England Revolution, two to nothing. We are currently sitting in first place, tied with DC United and the Columbus Crew at seven points. Uh, Columbus has played four matches and DC United, I believe has only played three, but we are tied with seven points. That's a uh, two, one and one. For those of you keeping track, that's a winning record. Um, I'm going to butcher these names. Good Lord. <laughs> Kikuta, mana, Kikuta, mana, Mana Matt, M- M- mana, um,
0: Scored a goal
2: that. in the 44th
1: minute.
0: Forward, see again. Just uses his body so well, Tommy.
1: Safe inside of the 18. Crosses it. Kakuna Mane. A late half goal. The orange and blue strike first at New England. Kakuna
2: Mane. There it is, Mane. You just have to. I just started following name? him on Twitter. Um, he scored in the 44th minute, and Kenny Saif save scored mm-hmm. in the 65th. Good try. you have any audio on that? No. Alright. Um, so I know we've been talking about some of the stats that have helped us win in these games. Uh, 53 possession, 53% possession. Fifty-three of the game was possession by New England Revolution whereas we had 47%. So again, we're right about that 50% mark which is kind of been where we were. I, I think we I want to say we dominated last week against uh yeah, it was three up against Portland. Well, yes, in the score, but I think in the possession. Oh, in the possession, I think stats. we were at like sixty-five, thirty-five. I think you, yeah, that. you said that. Um, so we were at fifty-fifty, and I want to say they. I mean, I mean, they had statistically they had more shots, uh, eighteen shots, two on goal by New England. We only had twelve shots, but we were more efficient with four on goal, and each team only had two saves. Uh, we were way better on our offsides, only having two offsides, whereas New England had zero. Um, they still got us on the corner kicks with seven, whereas we only had two. But the stats are starting to fall more in line with at least close to even. Uh, I believe even yellow cards were only at like one one or two zero or something like that. Um, I, I, I think it was just one one or two one. Um, no one had any red cards. The good news, we're at home the next two games. Well, this we fared this too. Well, I was going to say we fared through this. Very tough portion of our season at the very beginning. That's not how you want to open a season. Against Seattle, against Atlanta, against Portland. You got
1: your the champion, the runner-up, and Seattle at Seattle. That's tough. And three of our top players were out playing for their country. They were. For that game. So, they were. I mean. And you got the dub. Next man up. Got the dub. That's, so, that's a term we could bring over from basketball to soccer. Now, next man up. Now, how many of their players, though, were
2: in other countries what, playing as well why you gotta
1: ruin the I'm just sp- saying ruin man the, I mean you gotta be
2: real god you ruin the moment when keeping it real goes wrong ruin the moment man um, but we're home for the next two games first against the Philadelphia Union who currently stand at 1-1-2 and um, and that's gonna be on Saturday at 7:30. sounds good and the game after that I didn't actually write down
1: 7:30 pm right it's in the PM, yes. I think I should be able to watch that one, because our game is at one thirty. so. Who's we? Soccer team. Ah, uh, because I think there's baseball. The Orange on the there. But
2: that's, uh, that's all I got. I, I think we need to get another uh, FCC insider in here soon uh, to kind of go over some more ins and outs of we should some hit of the things. Max. That Max, I got my boy Todd. Oh, yeah. Lindsay.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Any of these people. Yeah. Uh, I got a little bit on the Bengals.
1: Oh, I didn't pull up a Bengals. Here, let's just do this one.
0: Hello. It's John Cena!
2: Go ahead. It's not John Cena. But it is Dark as Denard back for one more year. Woo! Um, we did re-sign Darquez Leonard, <laughs> cornerback. If you remember from last week,
1: I didn't think we were going to re-sign him. I didn't think he was going to be back. Actually, up to about three hours before he re-signed, there was a lot of people on Twitter who thought we were we're not going to re-sign him. Um, that was pretty much a general consensus because uh, yeah. bringing in B.W. Webb,
2: uh, every, everybody thought that was the, the nail in the coffin. But we were able to bring him back. I want to say it was roughly about a $5 million deal and he was asking 10, and he uh, has voiced his frustrations with free agency. So he bet on himself. He lost. Bengals win. That's a good sign. I like winning. Um, We also signed defensive lineman Kerry Wynn from the Giants. Um, Again, he comes with the defensive coordinator that came from the Giants as well, so you have that connection there. Uh, They're excited to see what he can bring as far as the rotation goes. Bear in mind, though, the Bengals did bring in some defensive linemen last year that they thought were going to be part of the rotation that ended up getting cut once it came down to final cuts. So we'll see if he actually makes a team or not. I'm not really sure. It kind of depends on what they end up doing with the uh, draft here in a couple of weeks. Um, Speaking of the draft, most mocks currently have us taking one of the following, Devin White, Devin Bush. Ed Oliver, Dwayne Haskins, if he somehow falls to us at 11. Who do you want at that number one pick, Ed? Gronkowski.
1: Yeah, he retired. Oh, I oh, can't pick him. No. um, Gunner Keel. All right. Well,
2: clearly you've done zero research into any of the mock draft stuff. Accurate.
1: I'm not confident in this team. You want to root for the Browns? I don't want. I tweeted this already. Am I going to root for the Bengals? Yes. Am I going to be happy about it? Probably not. Am I going to root for the Browns? Yes. Am I going to be happy about it? Probably more happy than I am about the Bengals. I hate you right now. They need to do something to prove to prove something to me. They did. They fired Marvin Lewis. They got a new coach and then resigned Bobby Hart. They, you don't even know who Bobby Hart is. He's that guy who doesn't play very well, but we went ahead and re-signed him for a lot of money. Nailed it. Thank you.
2: No. I mean, I did. That no. you didn't know who he is.
1: What we position? got more winning to do! What position does he play? Dude, he plays a guard <laughs> position. Does he? Nope. Defensive tackle. Nope. Offensive tackle. Yep. Yeah, I told you, I get it. Third try. A third tries a charm. Um, also, there was a new rule that... <laughs> Got There was a
2: new rule that dropped today. And coaches can now challenge on pass interference calls. I like that. And non-calls. I like that. So exactly what happened in the playoff game where you had the Saints versus the Rams. If I'm not mistaken,
1: all 32 teams actually voted for this rule. No. I I read on Twitter that Bengals actually did not vote for this rule. Shocker. Shocker.
2: Um, I don't I, I don't know was, the accuracy of that statement. I think statement. Lindsay
1: tweeted earlier
2: that the Bengals did not vote for this rule. Raise your hand if you're surprised. Um, it's a good rule change. You should be able to challenge some things. At the end of the day, though, I hope they get to a point where they're more like college and less like the pros, where you have people in the booth reviewing things for the coaches. They shouldn't
1: have to review things. You should just get it right and stand behind your product. Get right the first... No. Lindsay tweeted two hours ago, Bengals are getting hammered for voting against this. I
2: agree with him.
1: With the Bengals? Yeah, the Bengals.
2: She, she agrees with the Bengals? For voting against the PI oh. call. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm curious what that's about. But in any case, um, before we move on to rounding third... I believe we have a punctuation pardon. Oh, we do have a punctuation pardon. Um, It's been a while since we had one, so feel free to send in anything you think we got wrong um, because we do try and actually recognize those things, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on our email.
1: This would be a good spot for us to drop in the read. But, (laughs) yeah, because, you know, we're not trying to uh, pass around fake news, Healer. No, we just want to be right. um, so it was Ryan – oh, I'm going to mess up your name, Ryan. I'm sorry. Give him the uh, at. Gilleen. What's, what's, the, what's the Twitter at? At G-I-L-E-N-E-R-M. Ed's a reader. It has a UC helmet in the picture. I dig it. He said soccer plays at Gelter, Gettler, Sorry, Getler Stadium along Edwards. Edwards Road. So if you listened last week, you know we actually struggled knowing where the soccer team How played. cool would it be, though, if the soccer team did play – at Nippert.
2: I, there's probably some contractual agreement since M- oh, uh, the MLS right. paid to have that stadium re You're probably right. For them. I wonder
1: if the – So, Ryan, <laughs> 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 is there any possibility of next year after FC Cincinnati leaves? Well, they're not going to take their turf with them. The Come soccer
2: on. team. Yeah, they might move into the yeah. stadium at that point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out.
1: If you got any insider info on that, let us know. Yeah. New listener, by the way, I think so. – um, if Thanks for listening. New to us. New to us. At least. Appreciate yeah. it. Let's round third.
2: I wish everyone could see how giddy you were about that entire guitar riff.
1: That's a good riff, man. Go
2: ahead, because I know you got a question about it.
1: I was, I was killing that all. Yesterday at work Um, So um, that's not my first question But I'll put up here anyways Have you seen the movie The Dirt yet On Netflix? Tell me more So this is a documentary on uh, Motley Crue um, Starring A bunch of people, one of them being Machine Gun Kelly straight out of Cleveland Playing Tommy Lee Oh, Yeah, good movie Does he get to star alongside Pamela Anderson? Pamela Anderson's not in it On a boat, no have you no, seen they did make video? it that far. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. But no? They haven't made it that far. They didn't make it that I'll far until the, the show. Don't do that. It's <laughs> a brand new computer. Prefer not to I'll get send viruses. It to your phone. No. No, we're not porn. <laughs> Tina's wedding again. Um, no. Um, it's a great movie if you're a fan of classic rock, if you're a fan of Motley Crue. Um, warning there is a lot of drug usage in it and a lot of. Nudity, but great movie. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. And it's a documentary, or like it's a documentary. Like the um, members of Motley Crew like worked alongside then the actors. Then it's
2: biographical. biographical it's it's not a
1: document. Documentaries okay. where they had the actual film from the actual people. There's there's Aaron dropping some knowledge on you. Just say enough difference between a documentary and a biographical. Anyway,
2: um, Ooh, that was good. Did Conor McGregor really retire? Like, for real this time?
1: Is this a publicity stunt? I mean... Khabib's already shitting all over him. I mean... Who tweets out at 1 o'clock in the morning, Hey guys, by the way, I'm retiring.
2: People who sell whiskey. That's...
1: Okay. I mean... And not good whiskey
2: from all the reviews. (laughs) What's it called again? Like... Something 12? Like... Some, I can't remember the name of his whiskey but I have not heard good things about it. Whist- I heard by whiskey standards it's pretty awful whiskey.
1: Proper 12. There it Irish is. whiskey. 12 not 13. Damn it. I wonder what that stands for. Um, I, I think maybe I don't know he's done this before. He, he said he's retiring from the sport of 29, martial right? arts. I think he's 29. That's a great question. About well.
2: the same age I could be mistaken him and Gronk. I know Gronk was
1: 29 <laughs> Oh I typed in whiskey again um, But he's done this before And he said he's retiring from the sport of mixed martial arts He actually pointed that out he's So he 30. could go back to boxing I think he's going back to boxing I think he I think he might be trying to get that money again There's a bigger pay hey, Him versus Adrian Broner Um, I mean let's be real
2: Dana White is not going to pay him the same that boxing will pay him No he's, they're not
1: Even if he's on ESPN Plus as the main card Oh, let's not talk about ESPN Plus. That's being announced tomorrow. Uh, it's supposed to be announced tonight. We might have to watch. We might have to pay for ESPN Plus to be able to watch the announcement. Uh. Um, did you see that there's already an error pointed out in MLB The Show? And today's the first day it came out. Am I correct? I bought it at lunch. Okay. So along the first baseline, up where probably like the Champions Club is. Okay. Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. Spelled C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-T-I. Oh, no. Yep. That's not how it's spelled. I hope there's a submission being made for that glitch. It's probably be it's probably be fixed by the time you get it open and play it. Uh, I did download. I already installed on my PlayStation so I can oh, play it well, later. But I have not yet. Yeah, somebody tweeted that I earlier. cracked it
2: open, but I haven't actually got to play it. It's actually
1: yet. a new Twitter account I've never heard of before, and I started following him. Um, uh, it's gone.
2: Should we try and get the uh, the dude from MLB, or not MLB, yeah, MLB, the show, the uh, the gamer guy again this year? Yeah, if you want to try. Yeah,
1: we tried. We and, tried to get him for basketball. We tried
2: to get him, yeah, because he had that was the first year they were doing basketball yeah, last yeah. year. Uh, maybe we'll try and get him on the show sometime this summer when uh, things are dying down and we have nothing to talk about.
1: Give it a shot. I mean, it'd, it'd be fun. How did we not talk at all about Aunt Becky last week? Well, because I was trying to get her to take a test for me. That's fair. Yeah.
2: Um, So, for those of you who don't know, Aunt Becky from Full House got in real big trouble for basically buying her daughter's way onto the crew team somehow. (laughs) They have a scholarship for the crew
1: team on USC. Like Like a rowing team? Yeah. So... Did oh you not God. see? Did you not read up on this stuff? I I heard some of the news. Like they, were they got scholarships, to do tests, and stuff. They like got that.
2: scholarships based upon the fact that they were sitting on rowing machines. This is, re- and those were the pictures that were submitted, along with a I believe five hundred thousand dollar, so a half a million dollar donation to USC. With that all said, Dr. Dre thought he would go ahead and post this week. Bad timing. It's fine. Dr. Dre went ahead and posted this
1: week, Hey, my daughter got into school, and we didn't even have to pay anybody. Ha ha ha. Then he made a $70 million donation to the library. Correct. Um, Embarrassing. He took that tweet. He took that Instagram post down. He should have. I mean. Hey, Dr. Dre, you done effed up. I mean, we've known this is going on, right? It's just now yeah. it's been brought to light. People who are rich buy their way into good things. This we won't talk anymore about up. that, but people who are rich, they do all right. This molar report's bringing out everything. All the all the skeletons are coming out of the closet. No celebrity is safe. Hey, should I get my back waxed again this year? Ew. I'm just saying. Oh my god. Ow. We're going to the beach at the end of the month. And I like, didn't
2: know you ever actually had your
1: back. We whack. talked about did this. We? Yes. Well, I have a
2: short-term memory loss. I haven't I don't talked know about this. I think we did on the show actually. Yeah, I probably did the same thing. You probably did. It's way gross, but it's you, prob- not gross. you probably should.
1: I mean, does it back- hurt?
2: Yeah, I can imagine it probably does. Yeah, I mean
1: I'm, my back's not that hairy, but it's like enough to make me feel like a yeah, little. Have you get know, the pits about too. No.
2: In the chest? No. Just go full everything above the Kelly
1: Clarkson. The,
2: every, <laughs> everything above the uh, the swim trunk line. No. Have him get? No. You'll be smooth. It
1: felt weird, but it felt good.
2: After the fact, not yeah. during.
1: No. Just imagine him getting your nipples. I thought I was gonna kick the lady in the face a couple times. Armpit hair. Remember the guy in high school his nipple piercing and he was washing with a washcloth and he ripped the piercing out? I feel
2: like that's a common story.
1: I don't know. I don't remember a guy at our high school who did that. It was Vesio. <laughs> now I think about it. That's all I got. All right. Do you need guys to get your backs waxed, go ahead and tweet me. It's, did you catch the end of the duke UCF game? Uh, yes, I did. What are your thoughts? Uh, if the NCAA could call a charge on zion williams sometime this year that'd be great because they swallowed the whistles my man was straight up taco yep yeah
2: they swallowed their whistles there were three non-calls i didn't watch it but i've heard enough and saw the replays and what have you there was a push off there was a foul on the back of ucf on the on the rebound there was a hook and hold yep and there was also a, a foul when the point guard tried to drive to the
1: hoop. At the very last shot? Yep. Yep, there's a foul there, too. Yep. Yep. So they swallowed the whistles because, well, it's Duke. Hell of a team UCF is. I know we talk trash about them As this we year should, we should Because they're a rival. But they're a hell of a team. I mean... Uh, well, the thing of it is, whenever we get out of the AAC and into
2: an actual Power 5 conference, yeah. it's either going to be Houston... Or UCF going with us? With us, because I like to think that we're one of the top two teams to be taken out of this conference,
1: so. and it's going to be Houston and UCF. I don't think Memphis is there yet. I felt bad for Taco Fall. I felt bad for all those players, especially the uh, the coach um, who used to who used to be assistant Johnny coach Dawkins. for Duke. Um, and afterwards, uh, Duke's coach actually in his interview he was, consult- was, was choked up because he felt bad. He should them. feel bad because he shouldn't that, have won. That's true too, but um. And then if you if you go out to but Twitter, he was consoling Coach K was yeah. actually consoling the UCF players who were crying on the court. And if you go out to Twitter, and this is gonna take us back to the McFarling thing. But if you go out to Twitter and you search UCF's men's basketball page, there's a video that they put together of Dawkins talking to the players in the in the locker that. room. I saw that video. Hell of a speech, hell of a coach, and you know Mick's doing the same thing. Yeah. So all you Mick people, we're not going to get back on that. Yep, yep, nope. yep. Moving on. Oh, it's my turn again. Yep. All right, so we're two weeks into Lent, and we've already talked about the best fish sandwiches. They were the fish sandwiches we were, we were excited for. So what has been the best fish sandwich that you, or fish meal, sorry for the pop filter, the best fish meal that you've had so far? And I know you're not Catholic, but go ahead. I'm not Catholic. So you haven't (laughs) been eating fish? Correct. Okay, well, all right. Shot that one in the
2: water. I did have some awesome turkey tacos yesterday, courtesy of my wife. Turkey tacos actually sound pretty good. Turkey tacos. Um, Just try substituting some... uh, some turkey, ground... Some ground turkey, as opposed to the... Oh, yeah, we used to do that all the time. Ground chop. Yep, we used to do that all the time. It's pretty legit. I'm
1: um, trying to get back into listen, the man, turkey. Listen, man,
2: I love me a good fish sandwich. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually avoiding the fish sandwich spots right now, especially on Fridays. Because they're so busy. Yes! Yeah.
1: I'm not trying to sit in a line wrapped around McDonald's for a fish sandwich. You're correct. So... I... I by the way, at the basketball game, I had chicken wings. Sorry, God. Um... I will say, Jimmy John's has a pretty good tuna sandwich. So at work, I usually get this uh, chicken uh, wrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, just It's just chicken mm-hmm. uh, with light onion, ranch, um, wrapped, right? And yesterday, they had a, a fish patty. And I'm like, Ooh, what if I put fish in this wrap instead of chicken in this wrap? So this week, I might get a little froggy on Friday and try that. Oh, right. Yeah. I'll let well, you guys know how it is. I'll report back. Let you know how it goes. <laughs> I'll let you know. How are your brackets doing? Uh, actually, I don't think it's horrible. I'm not winning any money. Mine are, um, but I'm actually impressed with them. I had Murray State going to the Elite Eight. I mean, obviously UC got. I had killed. UC going to. I had Colgate beating Tennessee. I don't, I don't think I had UC going to the Elite Eight, but I at least had them going to Sweet Sixteen. Which, by the way, I was drinking at a Colgate bar in Columbus. Hmm. I guess each bar around the um around the uh, arena was designated for a different team we didn't know this um so we go to the colgate bar and this girl sits next to us in ohio state gear and you're like you're in the wrong I bar entirely <laughs> what are you doing you're man?
2: not uc you're not ohio
1: get out of here yeah, and she's like uh, why city. aren't you at the uc bar and i'm like they because we're in columbus tell me more and she goes our bar over there and i look over giant banner don't know how i i, I missed it because it's special uc alumni party i'm like or a U.C. Did, move?
2: Did you at least move? That no, one?
1: but Luke Fickle came into our bar anyways, so I was drinking with Luke Fickle. Did you cheers him? I mean, he didn't see me, so you didn't drink with him. I mean, he had a drink in his hand, and I had a drink in my hand. He took a sip. I so took a sip. Closer, we were drinking together. That's when I was. Yeah. Oh, was it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Um, are you gonna get your fingernails painted like baseballs no. for opening day? Not ever. No. No. I'm not a catcher.
2: That would be the only reason that I would ever get my fingernails painted.
1: You never got your fingernails painted? Like, you never let your sister do that? No.
2: Really? I think I probably colored them black at some point in, like, middle school when you're trying to figure out who you are. All right, so your niece comes up to you and says, Uncle, I want to paint your fingernails. If she did that,
1: yeah, I'd I'd be okay letting her do
2: that, but I'm not going to ask her for that. No. That's
1: weird. Hannah, get on it. (laughs) You get one night. So. And then dye his hair white and red. Like a baseball. So
2: have you heard about this story that came out today about a tri-health family doctor practice over on Cheviot Road. God, please
1: don't be mine. That received a dick bomb. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I read a little bit of something about this. I did not read it. Um, What was the practice? Please tell me. They received
2: a dick bomb spring-loaded dick bomb sent to doctor's office causes emotional distress lawsuit says um i don't believe it actually names the just says uh the medical company says frightening phallus shaped confetti was sent to their white oak office on cheviot road which operates as a family medical practice it's mine dude i bet you dicks by mail operates a website where a person can anonymously send edible gummies and non-edible confetti to third parties. And that comes to you courtesy of Channel 13
1: WIBW, which I've never heard of. Brother, it's mine. Is it? I just looked up family practice, Try health family practice in White Oak on Cheviot Road, and it's a White Oak family practice. That's the one I go to.
2: Well, that link actually looks like it credited... Uh, Fox
1: nineteen for their information. So I gotta call my doctor and make sure he's okay. Yeah. Wait a minute, is my doctor have his son working for him now? Emotional distress for a dick bomb. Looks like my doctor has his son. Phallus working for him now. shaped confetti. I'll tell you what, if my doctor find out who did that, my doctor would beat this dude. My doctor's he he he's plays jacked. Well, he's not jacked, but he played. Hey, he played rugby. There you go. He's rugby coach at Xavier.
2: So he's not afraid of anything. And his
1: daughter, I boxed with her. She beats money too. All right. Yeah. I bet you. It's, I bet you that it had to be it. Oh, I, th- I, man, I think that's I,
2: all our questions. I'm gonna call him up. I think up we did it. How they're doing? I think we did it.
1: We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Bum of the week! Because 'Cause you're training like a damn bum, you know
0: that? Bum. A bum. Oh, you
2: are a bum. You're a bum, and that's
0: all you'll ever be—a bum. Well, that hurts, man.
1: I'm still—I'm sorry. I'm still—I'm still shocked by this D-bomb. I'm not sure if my bum of the week
2: is David Bell, or Walt Jockety, or Dick Williams. It—it it might actually even be one of the Castellinis. But whoever made the call to send Senzel down. And not calling back up when Scooter got injured to play second base.
1: That's my bum of the week. That's a pretty good bum. Yeah. That's a pretty good bum. Especially because I was waiting for somebody to say um, that if they wouldn't have sent him down, he never would have got hurt. I was waiting for that one. That Wait. happened all over Twitter. I was waiting for that one. All over Twitter. Matter of fact, I told somebody to call in, especially if they had that one. I saw. Um, but. Um, I actually already gave my bum of the week did now, you? I think about it yeah, it was the lady who decided while we're losing in the last minute of the game she wants to turn around and start talking smack to the Iowa oh, people oh yeah so that's that's my the move. young lady probably a student she she was not a young lady oh she was not a young lady wow it's um, getting real out here yeah that's my bum of the week hmm alright it's interesting uh oh keep talking okay what are we talking about? Uh, anything, because guess who forgot to bring up the last clip?
2: Wah, wah. So, we're going to do this because we haven't done this in a while. Got
1: it. Go ahead, <laughs> read it. Yeah, go for All it. All right. Because then i don't have to edit that.
2: Check thing. us out on Facebook, Pardon the Punctuation. Check us out on Twitter, at PTP Podcast Check us out on Instagram, pardon underscore the underscore punctuation. You can call us anytime you want with your questions, comments, feedback, and hot takes. 513 Don't forget, we're also on YouTube. We got a new subscriber this week.
1: Yeah, we did. All right. Uh-oh. Um,
2: we upload all of our actual recordings to YouTube, so if you don't feel like downloading a podcast app, you can listen to us there. That's Also, true. check out our website, com forward slash blog. We're going to start pumping out some more content there, so keep your eyes out there. If you want to check out any of our articles also email us with any articles you want to see on our website at pardon the punctuation at gmail.com we will check out what it is that you want to submit
1: to our website chances are you'll end up there also uh don't forget to go to the basketball tournaments website and vote for the bearcat jam uh, Melvin's really trying to push that out there this year. Website Friend of the show. Is the tournament.com. Just type in Bearcat Jam uh, in all your tweets. Make sure you put hashtag. Uh, we'll put at Bearcat Jam and then hashtag TBT Rex. He's already trying to give out a ton of swag as well. And I'm also trying to start the hashtag Columbus Takeover. You heard it here first. That's what I'm trying to. Um, with that said, Ed. What's in your fridge? It is now time for everyone's favorite segment, What is in Ed's fridge? One day I'm going to make one for rounding third, too. Which one do you want to go with, Bob? Oh, can I try that? Uh, the cucumber? Is that what you want? Yeah. All right, that's the one we're doing. Because i got to cut grass this weekend. Oh, i got to use some yard work this weekend. If this one's good, this is going to be a good one. I forgot to put it
2: in the fridge. So it's also, still I'm a huge
1: fan of Ryan It's still just... I'm a big fan of new bars. New bars. Bars. Cincinnati! (laughs) Come back, come back.
2: All right. So, this one is called Calmer with a K. It's by Rheingeist. Oh,
1: you have this one too.
2: It's a Kolsch style ale with lemon and cucumber.
1: So, it tastes like your water, but not water because there's alcohol in it. Bing, bang, boom. It has a, with lemon and, you already said that. All right, let's
2: drink this. 4.8% alcohol by volume, 20 IBU. Um, Calmer than you are, this light-bodied Kohl style ale features fresh additions of lemon and cool as a cucumber juices. Liquid Legereo. I don't even know if I pronounced that word right. Never saw it before. Accompanied by notes of
1: honeydew and citrus. The brew abides like the dude abides. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to take back my grass-cutting yard work beer because I don't think this is crisp enough for a hot, hot, like, if you're out there, agreed, okay? But I do feel like this would pair well with, like, a nice brat or a met or a hamburger right off the grill. I think this is a picnic beer. Mmm. Like, I could, that would taste good with, like, a cheeseburger with ketchup and, 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 and mustard and pickles. Um, or kraut. Ooh, you! It would be good on a beer brat. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. This is a good grill beer. It is. This is a good picnic. Maybe some. Maybe some. Uh, some baked beans. I don't think I'd want more some than potato two of these. salad. I don't mm. think I'd want more than two of these. No, this is one you would eat.
2: You, like, you, you would drink while you're eating. On a hot day, I think I'm still going with something more citrusy. No, but I'm talking. Okay, I'm just saying like, a Bud Light Lime
1: or. I'm just saying when I There's drink this, I automatically thought of a cheeseburger or a, a broader Met. Hmm. Which, you know, you can't get that at the ballpark. Well, this is what we do for you folks. We try and help you out with your beer selections. Yeah, that's what this is. This, I, I Yeah, that's what I need. With that said. You know what? I'm going to have a burger tomorrow.
2: One more thank you to Clay Snowden of Locked On Reds for coming on the show tonight. We do appreciate it. Other than that, Ed, you got anything else?
1: I have nothing else. All right. We did it. We out.